Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Brooko Mode for the fifth episode. I'm joined by former school friend and cricketer Ethan Shivers. Ethan Shivers has quite a decorated cricket career thus far. State cricketer in 2000 and in 2019 in the state 17s and made the squad for the 2020 under 19s. That was cancelled. Lots of success for Hale in his high school career and for Subi Floret in first grade and second grade competitions. Yeah, anyways, let's get into it. We'll get started by talking about some of your early sporting memories. Yeah, how'd you get into cricket? Well, I started when my neighbour came over to my house. He brought over a cricket bat and ball and just said, yeah, do you want to play? So it kind of stemmed from there. And then I joined up in Subiaco Marist, like just club level. Really enjoyed that. From there, I got picked up by Subiaco Floriot, which is just like the district team. And then from there, I just like, yeah, really enjoyed it and continued to go up the years and eventually got to grade level so have you always been a batsman yeah more of a batsman that bowled a little bit wasn't very great at bowling started off bowling pace when i was younger um and then as the other boys got bigger and stronger i was still like small and skinny (laughs) and i just couldn't keep up then changed over to spin bowled off spin that did the trick for a while until yeah you have to really focus on your your spin bowling to become good at it and i really loved batting so yeah stuck to batting and then yeah stress fractures came along so cut the bowling out altogether so yeah now full-time batsman how did your your passion for cricket grow was it just the love for the game or when you started getting Um, a bit of success yeah I always loved the game like I was a huge cricket nuffy when I was young I'd just watch hours of YouTube of cricket and watch like cricket games go to cricket games and then I guess as I got older when people started to drop out because it took up your whole weekend I guess like being pretty successful at the sport made me enjoy it a lot more than those that I don't know wouldn't I didn't find as much success. The more I played, the more I like, did well, the more I enjoyed it, really. Yeah, what are some of your your favourite memories from playing in, in high school for Hale? Oh, definitely winning the Darlow, that competition. We had a very strong year. Um, our team was very good with Nick Kane, Guy Taylor, and the comp was also very good, being with, like, 10 of the 11 state players playing in that comp. So there was always good competition every time yeah but yeah winning winning um Darlow for Hale there's nothing better beating Aquinas 
in the last game to edge us over Trinity by, I think it was three points, which was about 25 runs in the end. So yeah, that was great. I always, well, when I used to do rowing, I used to always open up the my, my cricket app to see how you went and then always used to send you a text when you did well. Yeah, you're always the first one to text me. <laughs> yeah. well. it was good. Um, so you won the Darlow. 86 in the grand final to win. Who was that against again? Um, so that was against Aquinas in the last game. Um, we were, I was batting at three originally, and then we lost a wicket in the first over against their opening bowler, who was like really good, bowling 130 k's. Yeah. In year 12, that was really quick. And then all of a sudden, we lost another one, so I slid down to four. So the coach was kind of protect me. Yeah. And then we lost another one, so I went down to five. And then we lost another one, went down to six. And so I came in for, like, it was four for about 10. We're only needing 27 to win because we bowled really well. Faced through the, the last over of the day against Ewan, who was the, the quick bowler. Then rocked up the next day on the Saturday and we got it done. Ran myself out in 86, just trying to yeah, take on a second run. I actually think I was at that game from memory. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It was at school. It was at Hale. You made the state 17 squad, played a lot in 2019. Seventh leading run score for the comp. Where was that played? Over East? So yeah, we spent a week in Brisbane and then a week in Mackay, which is just a little bit further up. Two weeks there, played all the states. We did pretty well. How did you find that environment? Was it a very competitive environment? Oh, yeah, it's like nothing I've ever really like seen before. Like Coming from school and districts, you just come across like you're playing with your mates and then all of a sudden being in a state team, you have the, the best of the best all over your state all trained together and you're playing everyone against Australia. Folks are now playing professional cricket, seeing how they went about it made you want to train better play better like no one slacks off all the coaches are on your back all the time so you're kind of like pressured into perform well and to perform well you got to train as hard as you can which is what everyone was doing really who were some of the the names that you played with over in ollie davies who's now playing for sydney thunder jake fraser mcgurk who's playing for victoria somewhere in the big bash cooper Connolly was on my team he's in the Scorchers at the moment. Jaden Goodwin, who's at yeah. my opening partner at Subiaco Florida. Probably about half the blokes are in and around the state system still, but um, not getting games, but full training and whatnot. The noticeable, like, big ones. So, touching on that experience you had playing over there, how did that, you know, change your love for the game, being in that high-pressure environment? Was it more about, were you more focused on, you know, outcomes, or were you still able to, like, enjoy cricket for just playing a game of cricket? I did well over there, like, I set the bar like pretty low really I was just happy to get in the team I was just wanted to try and play every game and then managed to play all the game and actually do well over there it made me really happy like being over there but I enjoyed it a lot more knowing that like I did well when you have those low expectations that sometimes can help you I've talked yeah, about well, that I, d- I put no like um, pressure on myself really to go over there like I just I was surprised I really made the team because it was my first tour but yeah setting the bar low kind of like made me I went in with no fear really just like I'm here I'm, I made it this far so anything else is really a bonus and then doing well kind of like really enjoy my time over there and it was a great experience like learning off all the other players like Jaden Goodwin one of the best to ever do it um, set all kind of records over there and spending a lot of time in the middle with him definitely improved on my game was, was he the leading run scorer yeah he, he averaged I think 85 opening the batting like he just dominated everyone he was the reason why we made the semi-final really it would be him making a hundred I would chip in with a few and then bowlers would, would, would get ran through the middle order and then the bowlers would have to chip in at the end with some runs and yeah, Jaden just carried us every game. Yeah, that's sick. And then obviously you made the, the squad for the under-19s in 2020 but yeah, and that got cancelled. Um, yeah, due to COVID so that was packing up, ready to go. They selected the team. I had a really good year that year and then yeah, last two weeks we were going, we got told just WA couldn't go over. Every other state played except for WA because, I don't know, we had those strict rules. Yeah, that was unfortunate. How did that 
sort of affect your momentum that you'd built over the last couple of years? Well, I still got like to train at the Wacker and all that, so that was really good. Like, yeah, it was disappointing not being able to go over, but like I still got all the resources the Wacker offered us, so it really helped my season just playing in Premier League. But yeah, it wasn't. It was obviously yeah. It wasn't great not going over, but it wasn't the end of the world, really. But still got to train and all that, which is good. Still helped my cricket a lot. When you do get to train with all the with all the coaches and other players, how are the conversations about improving your batting? Is it quite open about talking about, you know, here's your strengths and your weaknesses? This is, um, like, sort of some technical ways to improve your batting? Like, everything's filmed, every training session. Like, they have cameras everywhere. Four coaches for a net session telling you what you're meant to do, what you can't do, like, how you can improve. Often, they'll, if you bat shit in the nets, they'll let you know, you had a terrible net, this is what you have to do to fix it. They're very harsh and you like that, which kind of makes you, like, almost scared to go on the nets next time because you want to do really well. Well, that's how I felt. Like, if you do well, they'll obviously let you know, like, you had a good net, whatever. But, like, if you do bad, they'll really, like, dig it in on you and, like, make sure you improve yourself even like yeah send you on laps i had a terrible net one time i remember this clearly and then stars which was one of the coaches in 17s just sent me on laps just because i batted so bad in the nets and then like rocked up to training next week like so focused like i was switched on had a better net they're very harsh it is that sort of environment you know is there diff- is there lots of like differing personalities when you when you oh went? yeah a lot of um a lot of egos in that setup. You get all the blokes coming from their clubs who were the best and they come into this team and all of a sudden they're not the best, but like they still think they are. Like they'll go around loud mouth, like loud mouthing everyone, just like, uh, I don't know. Then you got quiet blokes. You got, it's, it's a mix of everyone, but everyone's like terrific blokes. You become like, they're still like some of my best mates to this day and we haven't played together in three years. But yeah, lots of mix of personalities in terms of like who you meet. When lots of, when you come from being the king of the the little pond and then yeah, you become big dog and then yeah. all of a sudden you got everyone else that's just as good as you and you're a bit of a nobody now exactly so it's pretty right. funny to watch how people i don't know almost crumble yeah seeing that there's other people who are better than them um they're not they can't boss everyone around and do what they want anymore it has become a bit of like a a trend nowadays in elite sports environments like you see a lot of the younger people come in and probably be themselves more and perform better you see it in like the afl like with all those like tiktok personalities and stuff yeah yeah like they're not like can you imagine that like 30 30 years no, ago you just get bullied so hard like you got jack jennifer and all that coming in that has run the show full of confidence but yeah 30 years ago you'd be you're quiet you let all the older guys like you listen to them you do exactly what they want but now it's like even like at club level with me the 18 year olds coming through like when i joined i was super quiet did what everyone said like i ran drinks did all the extra bits now you get i don't know kids coming through and like because they know you or whatever like they went to school with you and whatnot i think they can just run the show and all that and i don't know you get put in your place pretty quickly here and there but i don't know it's funny to see yeah that is gold but i think touching on that like you hear, you see with like justin langer when he got sacked or he resigned I can't, was he get sacked or uh, was he? i think he got, yeah he got the boot i'm pretty sure yeah but with stuff like that he wasn't getting judged by his outcome like you look at his win loss and you'd be like okay this this bloke's a gun like but then like i don't know the players you know you hear some of the things in the test doco recently like talking about how some players felt like they were walking on eggshells or whatever it's almost like the professional sporting environment has gotten to a stage now where like the role of coaching is a little different it's almost like you you don't need to get players motivated to be their best it's almost like that's like a given in sporting and it's more just like trying to head everyone in the right direction well that's the sort of yeah it's more managing players more than um coaching them almost like 
JL, he was around, like, he was coaching WA when I was down there, and everyone knew he was, like, he was tough, but, like, he was extremely tough, but he would get, like, results, but, like, I don't know, with the Australian players, it seemed like they were getting results, but they didn't like how he was going about it, really, it was almost, like, I remember Pat Cummins saying, yeah, he just, like, he almost felt, like, scared, like, he didn't, didn't like how he was so confront confrontational, yeah. I don't know, it's almost, they're soft, really, yeah. I don't know, that's how I see it. If they can get the results without that, then I guess it's fair enough. They still don't have him anymore, and they're sort of doing even better. So yeah, what they're can doing you? good now. So we'll talk a bit about your your Subi Flurriot stuff. So you've had quite a bit of team success. You've won three Colts flags, a couple of first grade flags, second grade best batsman 2021, best young cricketer award two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, and then. How do you like that sort of like team environment down at Subiaco? Oh, I love it, eh? Yeah, all the boys, like the, my best mates. I spend all Saturday with them and then I'll spend all Saturday night with them, really. Like, we don't get sick of each other. It's a great club. I always try and get everyone down to Subi Floriate because I know they're a very welcoming club and we're a very good club as well. Like, we won the um, club championship last year, which is like all grades combined. That was our goal for the year. We didn't care about winning flags like for ones like you just, lots of clubs just want to import players over just to win one's flags but our goal was at the start of the year to win the club championship which is be consistent over the four grades with that being our goal allowed us to yeah get a couple of extra wins premierships which were a bonus on top of that but yeah Subi Flurry it's a great club really enjoy it in your Wacker competition there's actually there's quite a few like high profile names like you've played against a few like WA Australian players who are some yeah, of the names you've played um, against well, in our team, we had been playing recently with Jason Berendorf, Nathan Kiltonal, obviously Greeny. Stoinis came down uh, last year for a couple of games. And then every club's got like three state players that and most of them have played for Australia. Like Freemanner we had the other week, um, had Ashton Turner, Jai Richardson, Sean Marsh, Mitch Marsh. Every club's got like yeah, Australian players, state players in it. And it's, usually it's only the first six rounds they can all play. So, yeah, you don't really want to be playing like, the likes of Fremantle and all that at the start of the year. Every team is great players. When when they do come down, how do they sort of operate? We talked about the big dogs, you know, when 18-year-olds, but are they a bit more level-headed um, or are they I a, don't know. Or a few egos still? Yeah, half and half. Like, you'll verse someone like Ashton Turner, who's like a real good bloke. You'll see him in the car park and he'll say, say good day to you and all that. And then you get other blokes like um, Josh Inglis, like when he plays with Junior Lup, like when I played against them, it was... He was just making like a name for himself and he was just spraying me the whole game. Yeah, just abusing me pretty much the whole game. And I thought like not really, still being new to like Premier League, you'd think like, I don't know, they're, all the eyes are on them, they're being paid, like they don't have to be playing Premier League and all that, but I think they'd be a bit more like toned down, but nah, they're still yeah trying to get into you and I don't know, almost arrogant. Some of them, but not all of them. How do you find sledging in cricket? Because it's one of those sports where the attention is on you as a batter and there's you can a lot of slips around but it's different to footy where you might get chirped while you're having a set shot but that's like 30 seconds yeah. as a the pure focus of cricket is like trying to get you out and they're trying to get in your head how do you have your experience gone with um that? well in the twos it's not as bad everyone's kind of this on the same playing field but when you move up to the ones some teams are a lot worse than others like my first year of playing in the ones no one knew who i was and they see this like tool lanky bloke that's opening the batting this like easy target for yeah. them so I was I copped a lot of abuse for like many games and I didn't do very well as well for the first like few games so I was copping a lot of abuse since I don't sledge like I don't sledge in in the ones so other teams know that like, oh this guy doesn't say anything we won't really give much to him now now I've kind of made a 
little name for myself. I won't really uh, get abused as much, but yeah, definitely gets in your head when you got the likes of yeah Josh Inglis, which are like you know like players for Australia, Scorchers, very good player, and he's keeping up to the stumps against you, and he's just in your ear for like an hour, just telling you how bad you are. Like it can get to you. Now, like I'm used to it, and you just just give them nothing, and they'll let you bat do the talking. I guess it must come with experience, I guess, and it's it is one of those things, I guess, where you have to decide how about how you want to go about it whether like you know some batsman like that and gets fired up imagine mm. imagine chirping <coughs> Virat Kohli like he would just feed off that yeah and David like, Warner he's not people you, some people who love that and I guess you sort of got to think you know how am I going to be at my best is it and you look at you know your own experiences like if I get into the you know the verbals with them has that helped me or am I better just to stick to my own batting and focus on that and try and quieting those external noises I guess it gets me into the game like early on like it's scratchy and someone's just in my ear just letting me know that like they aren't good shots I'm not doing well it just makes me want to like prove them wrong almost and put my head down and really like yeah get going but then other times if you're in a bad mental space and you've come off I don't know three bad scores and they know that they've looked at your stats and they let you know you can almost like you try to prove them wrong you play an irrational shot trying to I don't know prove them wrong like you want to hit a boundary off them because this guy's been in your ear all day and, and you do get out playing a stupid shot it just makes you feel so much worse and angry when you get out and then just ruins your whole day and then you go into your fourth match like it's that easy to get in my head and then you're in your own head as well so yeah, it's it's very like slippery slope really it's either like it can work against you or it can help you that's really true it does sound like how I felt when I've batted when you get out especially because it's cricket like you're out you're done when you get out because of how you've been influenced by someone else that's yeah. prob- that's that's when it really like gets in your head you're like okay i'm not like that's when you can start that negative self-talk like geez i'm like i've been influenced by the opposition so easily here like i can't even cop anything negative mm. and it's it's ruined my batting yeah but yeah i guess one of those things where you got to find the right strategies for yourself yeah you just hope that you just don't really get sledged really but like more often than not if you're playing at the high level it won't affect you but it's mostly on the 18, like the young players that like coming through, like 16, 17 year olds even. They haven't experienced a 30 year old man getting in your ear just telling you how bad you are. Like it's just, it's not something you've experienced before and then all of a sudden you get that and you're like, oh, like is this a sport for me? What are, like, and you're thinking about it and you have a little cry to yourself almost. Don't know how to act really. You've got to have internal confidence, don't you? The people who can deal with chirping or sledging, whatever you want to call it, are like a lot of the time they have a lot of internal confidence and they've performed and they have results the hardest thing is is when you're getting sledged i haven't got that evidence that you belong didn't they i didn't they ban my, they turned off my cricket for a few months or something oh the frog box like the no no like no nah, the um they turned off the stats on my cricket because people were like getting like bullied from it or something they <laughs> like tr- they tried that. it but then, but then they hold it back on but i think it's one of those things it's not like many other sports where there's such like you can just look at people's stats so much and like i, I don't look on my cricket as much as i used to because like i just reckon it's like one of those things where you just get in your own head mm. more than anything yeah i won't be checking my cricket like if i made a bad score i'm not checking my <laughs> cricket. i don't look at my stats like but as soon as i make anything above 50 i'm straight on it looking yeah. at it like seeing how i went Exactly. So, yeah, it's a love-hate relationship, might yeah, be it, really. It is one of those things. I wanted to talk about the Cam, this Cam Green incident because I thought this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a cricket field. 
Lucky you had the frog box because it's just not the same if you don't have on video. Yeah. How many times have you batted with Cam Green? Ten times, I reckon. Played, yeah, ten matches I've actually batted with him. That incident <laughs> up in um, Joondalup, we got off to a flyer. I think Greeny was on about 90, 95. I was on 77. And I have to see a clip one off my legs, gone for two, I've yelled yes. And the first time we're running down the wicket, I was like duck past him because he's a big man he takes up a lot of the pitch and then he calls me through for the second head down sprinting and I look up and he's right in front of me a big 200 centimetre 110 kilo bloke <laughs> and I just see it's absolutely flattened me and yeah I've been knocked to the ground he keeps running then my bat's on the floor I try to pick up my bat keep running to get to the crease and yeah I look up and I've been run out and it's been caught all on the frog box and then my cricket Instagram and <laughs> all these Facebook pages and Instagram pages have gotten footage of it and sent it around and then I've yeah, I've had about, I don't know, 50 to 100 Indian blokes in my DMs just abusing me, saying how I've almost injured the best cricketer like that's ever <laughs> that's been, ever existed. These pages have like hundreds of thousands of followers and the comments are just abusing me, like who's this Chivers bloke trying to run into <laughs> the next big thing and yeah, I'm just getting absolutely abused. Some of them have like gone into my My Cricket Stats and sent me pictures of like my stats saying how bad I am and like I was copped abuse for like just an innocent like run into him like he didn't even get run out I got run out yeah. and I was on my way to my first 100 as well in A grade and I was doing well in 77 but yeah I was absolutely spewing about that but it was funny looking back on it like at the time I was I was hating Greeny I was like why have you done this like yeah. you should have been run out like but he didn't end up making 200 not out or something like oh, that yeah, ridiculous yeah. it was one of our biggest team scores we've made in I think like 8 years so pretty funny experience so what's it like to bat with Cam Green obviously we know the success he's had you know since then gone on to play for Australia and obviously millionaire now but um, yeah how um, what's it like batting with him seems pretty from the external seems pretty pretty calm doesn't say a lot I think I batted with him in Colts for the first time I got a call at like 10 o'clock the night before saying someone was injured so I was I think I was 17 or 16 yeah they're like yep you open the batting Colts I've never played a Colts game in my life and then it's like yeah you're batting with greeny rock up and he gives me some yellow pads and all that because i didn't have any pads uh we walk out together and everyone's like the tallest two opening uh, <laughs> batsmen they've ever seen but yeah watching him just at the other end like i was in awe really because like cam green like grew up like seeing him like, he's playing for wa at like 17 i don't know it's kind of like a dream come true almost like this fanboy and you get to bat with him all of a sudden now he's like doing big things in test cricket and stuff but i was almost scared batting with him because he hit the ball so hard and i was like a little 16 17 year old and like just the way he hits the ball the power he has like it's unbelievable and then yeah as i got older i batted with him a few more times and kind of got to know like how he roll put on some good partnerships like obviously anyone that bats with greeny if you make a couple it's going to be a, yeah. a big partnership that's just stay at the other end hold up the other exactly end. like i think the first time i batted i've made it was like 30 or something but he made like 70 so it was like a really good partnership yeah. and i was just sitting at the other end like just trying to keep up with him because he hit the ball so hard so i was trying to bat like almost like how he was batting and it kind of help my game a little bit then other times I try to bat like him and I get myself out because I'm not that good yeah <laughs> I'm not as good as him but yeah it's, yeah it's really good experience batting with him and like someone like Jaden Goodwin as well who I've spent the last three years batting with almost every game with um starting off in yeah, the 17s and then moving up to grade cricket then him coming over to um Subi Floriot playing with those two is really good you learn a lot from them I think that's the cool thing about cricket is like it's not just you batting it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that you're out there but if you work together as a team it's two versus eleven yeah and you know you can help each other however that dynamic works for you and the other person that's you know up to you guys but I guess you can definitely help each other out and you're not just out there by yourself and just in your own head sort of thing and I'd like to talk about a few of you you know your injuries because that's 
you know, some of the, the hardest times you can have when you get injured and then sort of can affect you mentally. So you had a few stress fractures. When, when was that? Yeah, so I had stress fractures in year 12 and it was six months before they picked that under 17 state team and that's why I was like wasn't expecting to get into lots of stress fractures in my back which was caused from bowling because my technique was so bad when you're younger I couldn't spend as much time on my batting so I had to half the training was bowling I had a massive growth spurt and I was so tall and skinny and there's just no muscle to support my back and my muscles so yeah my bones just gave way really so that put me out for the first bit of the season yeah so around six months but mostly through winter and then I got another set but which wasn't as bad which only put me out for three months and I could continue to bat but the uh yeah the whacker had me all covered they paid for like all my expenses and everything they had me with like a private instructor for the gym and all that stuff so and then I think about a year later I did tore two ligaments in my ankle so that put me on the put me out for two weeks which I was on crutches it all taped up and stuff for games so I didn't field but this was near 12 where I just have it extremely like taped up I couldn't even run so I was just dealing in boundaries really and then because the school were very lenient that has let me not field and then since then I filled out a little bit wouldn't look it but I filled out a little bit and I don't know I haven't really got as many injuries just lots of like concussions from like just unlucky events like getting hit in the head with a ball falling off a boat falling down stairs so yeah I've got a few concussions that's put me out for like three weeks at a time which is like probably my worst injuries really like you still feel the effects of it like if I get another, like another one or two more concussions like I'll probably have to stop playing sport so I've been very like wary on that I've been quite lucky I reckon one week injuries in my knees and my ankles like just spraining them and just like overworking it kind of since year 12 and the year out of school like nothing nothing too bad yeah that, that's I'll tell you what that's the ideal setup you don't have to feel yeah it's pretty good <laughs> especially eh? when you're not even a bowler so you just yeah. get to bat these I'll tell you what so, yeah. where, where can I sign up for that <laughs> how, how did you find that you know all those injuries was mentally was it challenging or was it or were you sort of able I've, I don't know I haven't really had any injuries that have held me back from cricket but because I, I guess one of those sports where it's not like with footy I find the hardest thing when I'm injured is the fact that you, you're going to lose so much fitness mm. and I guess that isn't as important for cricket I'll no. tell you what you, fitness is important for cricket but like hardly compared to like oh, not compared to footy or so, so like it's that. like it's one of those skill things could you still work on like re, you know reaction reflexes I used that as like a break from cricket so as soon as I like got told oh you have two weeks off we don't want you doing anything like you can do modified exercises I said nah I just used it as a break I get overwhelmed and like cricket's pretty like harsh on your body and like, I need the breaks like the Christmas break and all that stuff like it's needed otherwise I just get sick of cricket it can be a boring sport so I just used it as like took it as a positive and stopped didn't watch cricket didn't play cricket didn't go to training just took my mind off things I got to rest it did all the right things for it and I came back wanting to play again really like you, when you're stuck playing cricket for six months a year it's kind of crucial to have that little break and I was lucky mentally it didn't affect me so it's kind of like yeah it was a positive thing really yeah that's good then I guess you got the refresh and the perspective yeah, exactly. change that, that's exactly what you need when you have your time off that's why I started to play a th- be a three format player in international cricket because especially when there's so many of those domestic T20 leagues like they're almost non-stop throughout the whole year oh yeah and, and yeah it is so hard to just keep playing cricket and cricket it's so intense I guess that's mm. the word and it's not like we're doing travelling and stuff I guess with the professionals they're travelling around the world so they get it's, it's a different environment for them every time but here it's like every second week you're playing at home it's the same stuff every day like every week I want to talk about you did tell me you were going over 
to England, you had an offer. You went over to to Sunderland, just outside Newcastle. Yeah, so I'm heading over. I haven't been yet. Oh, you haven't been over? Yeah, so heading over in the first week of April. So Cam Green's dad was running like some pre-season thing and he's... I did that with him and then he kind of sent me a message saying let's have a coffee i'm like yeah right it's pretty weird like uh, <laughs> i'll go have a coffee with you and then he's like comes up to me and he's like yeah i got a mate when he was when cam was playing over in england he um went over and traveled with the australian team and he met some bloke that was the president of whitburn Cricket club he was talking to cam's dad gary about like oh we need a um number three or opener that like preferably from australia and he's like yeah i know the bloke for you and so he yeah gave him my number and he gave me a call and was like yeah we would like to yeah he's put in a good word for me obviously and um yeah just offered me a, a contract play six months over in um Sunderland so excited to go do that they'll pay for everything and they got me a pretty good deal be pretty cool just experiencing the UK and how their pitches play playing the cold so yeah be pretty cool yeah that's sick that sounds like an awesome opportunity I'm reading Shane Warne's book at the moment and he said when he went over to play England there's so much social cricket on during the week oh yeah so like with us here we play the one game on Saturday and then obviously the T20s on the Sunday over there you can play your match on a Saturday two matches on a Sunday and then they have random like charity matches and social leagues that play on a Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and because it gets dark they have like daylight savings and all that stuff it gets dark at 10 p.m like it's it's light until then so um <laughs> there's a lot of hours in the day to play cricket like with you it gets dark at seven ish so yeah. really, you have to stop playing but over there it's a lot more like light in the day so you can play a lot more cricket playing like random tuesdays wednesdays thursdays and they don't train over there which is really weird a lot of the clubs they might do one training but it's optional yeah and instead they'll just have a cricket game versus another club so they play a lot more games than actually training which is which would be exciting to see how that goes over there so I don't know how I I don't know how I go playing like four four or five games in one week when I'm used to playing one maybe two at the moment. So I don't, I'll see how my body holds up really. Because I guess that's sick. Because like you just get to like get in heaps of different game situations and get mm-hmm. that experience. I find because I hadn't played much cricket. That's like been probably the one thing has been like the hardest thing is like getting that time in the middle and like just in heap versing bowlers out in the middle, different fields and just like yeah. getting that experience playing in the middle. Yeah. It'll just be different, I guess. Like everyone that's been over there, they they set different fields. The grounds are all different. Like some grounds have forty-five meter straight boundaries, but then massive like leg side boundaries. They got like stadiums over there which you play at, which is cool. Like um, over here, you just get like a random park, like and that's your home ground. Over there, they've got like a big setup, all the chairs, the um grandstands, and all that stuff. And there's a lot more money pumped into cricket over there. So I'm experiencing what that's like. Would be pretty cool. That opportunity, it's still like a few months away. Has that like fueled your motivation to get back into yeah know, with my training and that like i've always been a lazy cricketer real i've relied on natural ability like obviously i'll train the house down when we have the trainings and i'll have the extra hit every week i've never really been into like my gymming or my like i haven't done much running i just rely on doing well in games and getting my fitness through there but now like with the pressure being on as the overseas player because they will let you know if you're not if you're not performing over there they'll let you know and like there's a lot more pressure and they'll start abusing you and all that stuff like your own teammates because like they're paying you good money to perform and if you're not performing you got to know about it so like, i kind of switched on a lot more now like that's why i want to come to your gym and start yeah. training with you you can train me up i started doing a lot more running and like taking cricket a lot more seriously which is what i should have been doing the whole time but kind of like i don't know kick up the butt to like get going and start and like prepare myself well for this well i guess the the, the key thing you need to understand is you're only 21 yeah and you actually have faced a 
a lot of cricket balls and you've trained a lot, but I guess if you want to see what, what you can get the most out of you, I'd say it's perfect time for the Stop for Pop segment. Stop for Pop. Given your success so far in cricket, what are your aspirations for the future? I'd like to see how like, I go in England, really, because I never really planned on going over because I was scared to leave Perth. And then all of a sudden, this opportunity just fell on my lap. I couldn't say no. I just want to, like, I don't know, see how far I can really take. I'll be playing Premier League over there, which is equivalent to what I'm playing here, but with the I'll get tryouts for a few county second 11 teams. And that's like when it starts to get serious and get noticed and actually like make a living off it. My goal really is just to try and almost make my, a name for myself in England and get consistent cricket playing in the second 11 teams and hopefully even play county cricket, which is where like all the, the real big names are playing, all the professionals. So yeah, I guess like a goal of mine would be make a name for myself over there, play some high level cricket and then that will allow me to when I come back, obviously the whacker and all that will know what I've done over there and get back into state cricket really. And, hopefully try and get a few second 11 games for WA here and move up the ranks, I guess. Yeah, that's good to have those high career ambitions. And I think the cool thing about when you go over and play there is you're going to have heaps of opportunities to get runs. I think that can be the hardest thing about cricket is like when you have those two days and it's over two weeks and like you just yeah. you don't get much opportunity it drags on yeah well and over there I got three games four yeah. games to make some and runs. that sort of can take the fear of failure out of your mindset yep. and you can just focus on batting and then because you're batting right and you're not even going to worry about getting out or you might but it's gonna, you're going to be like I've got another opportunity the day after yeah, exactly. two days after like I'm going to have so many chances I can just yep. you know play how I want to play mm-hmm. and you know there's going to be that pressure on you but I guess if you you know hold that that thought in your head it's, I reckon that'll hold you in good stead yeah exactly just a few other questions you know you've played a, you know quite decent high level cricket how do you stick to your process this is saying I want to I want to learn from you like how do you stick <coughs> to your process of how you want to play in such a roller coaster sport where forms is huge I always make sure like I rock up to both the trainings at least like I'm hitting a solid amount of balls every week because I'm a player where if I'm not hitting a million balls I'm not going to be able to perform really like if I have a couple of days off I really feel it on that the day I go back like oh I'm not hitting it how I want to be hitting it so I always like keep it consistent with like every Friday afternoon I'll have a, a hard ball hit and then the morning of a game like we got nets in the backyard so dad will throw down tennis balls and I'll just face like 10 to 10 minutes of straight balls and just keep hitting keep hitting keep hitting I'll also make sure I'm eating a good meal like I won't be going out like that's a rule in our club. You can't go out on a Friday night. You're in bed by 10. Make sure I stick to that. Like, I won't be partying. I won't be going out on, like, a Thursday, Friday, something like that. I won't be going to bed late. I'll try and do everything right um, to give myself the best opportunity, really. Do well on the Saturday. Keeping it consistent. Like, I always have a pizza, like, on a Friday night before a game. Oh, yeah, make sure I always have a hit. Everything's packed the night before. I don't know. Just make sure, like, when I wake up in the morning, it's just, like, I'm switched on. I'm ready to go. I don't have to worry about anything but just getting to the game and being ready. And so, and that helped me. Like, helps me. Like, obviously, I played at all the grounds multiple times. But when I get to the ground, I'll always bring my bat out and my gloves just have a shadow bat in the middle of the ground just visualize myself facing the bowlers and stuff like that and what i used to do when i was taking it like when i took things like ultra ultra seriously i would even like to shadow bat in my room the night before look at their stats what bowling like how they bowl what they do and all that so i just make sure like keep it consistent find what works for you just keep trying like trial and error and then one day you might score that massive score and you just think back oh what i do the, the days leading up and just keep doing that gave me success really
yeah I think that's really good when you can look at outcomes and then try and identify what processes were in place Mm -hmm. to get those outcomes and then stick to them although I'm not a huge fan of superstitions you know once I've got into like learning about all the mind stuff I I sort of have gone away from superstitions half of them are just like bullshit it's rubbish but like half of them and it gives you like this internal confidence I like the superstitions that are like hitting the ball on Friday and morning hit Saturday because that's like that's actually gonna it's not like yeah if I don't do it I'm not gonna think oh I'm not gonna yeah runs, but, but it's, it's good to you know it's good warming up the eyes and stuff like that it's stuff it, like eating a pizza you yeah have to eat pizza. like i know like i've been a lot better now like back in the day when i was younger like i'd do everything like yeah. if i didn't do one thing i just I'd rock up there like, i'm not gonna make runs yeah, today yeah. I've, I've stuffed it the night before but now i'm a lot better yeah some things i have to keep the same but yeah it's definitely not great for you like because sometimes obviously you can't do some things exactly. the night before and whatnot and you're like oh you rock up you're like oh like not sure about this you yeah. know a lot more about it than i would with that kind of stuff but i listen to a lot of stuff about it and one of those things where it's easy to convince yourself it's actually contributing it's not really hmm. and it's more that process that you want to stick to backing in all the training done you think about you've probably hit a million cricket balls and do you really think a pizza on a friday night yeah exactly. you got to think of it yeah. like that like is that really oh, what's contributing like yeah, that's there's a lot the reason of reason why you're nicking off early <laughs> yeah. like that yeah last little segment on the show i still don't have a name for it but i got my question here yeah, I wrote it down the car on the way. Okay. How do you continue to find motivation when everything's going against you? And even though you're like trying to do the right things, you continue to underperform and have a constant negative mindset. How can you like stop this? How do you do well when all these things are going against you and you're trying so hard, but you're still like not going your way? Yeah, that's a great question. At the moment in my cricket, I'm probably a bit out of form, but I'm still as motivated as ever to, to play, play better and contribute. And I've had times in, you know, footy where, like, you have a few down weeks or something and it's so easy to just have that negative self-talk where you're like, I'm not enough or, like, I'm not good enough or that, that, that sort of pathway, that those sort of negative thoughts. But to stay, to stay motivated for the long run, regardless of form, is sort of, for me, I, I have my own process about how I want to do it. Everyone's going to be slightly different, but having ambitions, internal ambitions and having things you hold yourself to account by. Like, I have, like, a program of my training and stuff and I have a routine with, with how I do things. And like, I know I have ambitions to get the best out of myself. And I know that doing those things are gonna help me be motivated. Outcomes, like performing, is a huge bonus to that process because yeah. one, it's showing that the hard work's paying off. Two, it gives you even more motivation because a lot of the time you're getting external verification from that, whether that's people saying, oh, you're amazing, like all that stuff. That's the probably the hardest thing about not performing and being motivated. That's when you can really see how reliant you are on external motivate or external validation. When you can stick to your process and be equally motivated when you haven't performed, that's when you know that you're actually motivated by yourself yeah. and not just motivated by the bonuses that come from it, all that, all that <clears throat> other like ego stuff that mm. comes from it. Like I try and hold myself to account with the values that I hold my sporting to, whether that's hard work, learning to improve in different ways and, you know, getting the work in and recovering well and stuff like that. You know, I used to be a lot more motivated by how I'd go, like how many goals I'd kick in a game of footy, how many how many runs you get yeah. and being obsessing over those facts, finding a process that works for you. And that's why I think as an athlete, sometimes athletes aren't the brightest at this stuff. That's mm. why I reckon it's cool to be able to talk to people or talk to like more experts in this field yeah. so you, or co- like having coaches that can help you with this stuff to make your own process and your own way of doing things that, you know, get the most out of yourself for the long run because it is all the long run if if you ride that 
emotional roller coaster too much of cricket especially you're going to have that motivation fluctuate which mm. can be okay at times there's nothing wrong with having down periods but you don't want that to be reflective of your performance because what will happen is that's when it's probably ha- even harder to get out of poor form because what happens is you know some people will have like a poor game poor a series like a few poor scores mm. and then what happens is they'll you know ride that emotional roller coaster get really down and then start to withdraw and it becomes yep. like that fe- that feedback loop where they'll train less and then that's not helping them and, yeah. they're, and they're gonna get away from the things that help them improve and it becomes like a bit circular and then they're gonna perform even worse because they're not as ready and, and then whether it, if you're sticking to your process and you're motivated like most of the time and then you can and just know that you know if I keep back myself and trust my process it'll come yeah. and that'll be very like rewarding when it does come yeah that was like the problem with me like, I would just make I'd make two bad school like obviously like this year or last year when I got when I got suspended for all those games and I came back I made zero and I was just like oh like fuck this I don't want to be playing anymore like, I just hated cricket I got lucky really like I didn't train very much at all I just had did this the two trainings didn't have a hit on the Friday the night before and then I don't know jagged the 65 like it was a dodgy 65 but like kind of like got me going again really but like that's why I asked the question like you just got to really stick to your guns and just keep grinding it out until you're not going to improve if you don't put in the work really you would know times you've bad in the middle and you're like okay this is like geez, i'm hitting well like this mm. is i'm in i'm in the zone that's this so you, you're trying to get to that as much as you can and you've got to think you know there's a skill side and there's a mental side there's skill side like getting the volume in training all that stuff all the things you can do to help the physical side of the game but then there's the mind game which i love which is what i do trying to get the most out of you for as long as possible especially yeah. in cricket is it, it is one of those things where you're trying to be in that zone for as long as possible there's times in the middle i've batted and, I, and like you're just not you're not in the zone mm. but that doesn't mean you can't perform that's why i think it's valuable for anyone to to learn in this space and i think you would definitely improve in this space because you've got so much talent how can you get the most out of yourself and if that doesn't inspire you i don't know how else to get you going because yeah. like you've been in that a game that zone many times before for sure but mm. just imagine if you had that double the amount of time that's what motivates me to help people because like, I would love to see people like you achieve lots of things because you're able to be at your best for longer, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for coming on the show, Ethan. That was a great chat. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been good. All right, cheers. cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. So you search, try and find, but you don't know where to go. So many thoughts flood through your mind. You're confused and want to know. 's that dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming UVX 10 pro Omni robot vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to ufi.com that's eufy.com and discover X10 pro Omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars.